I'm Barry Worthington. I'm Adam Pendleberry. And this is the Progress with Unity podcast. We're going to start off this evening with all the reaction to a bit of a surprise defeat, in my eyes anyway, after talking to Johnny on Sunday's podcast from Borough Breakdown, who really assured me that we wasn't going to lose the game. So myself and Adam have dragged Johnny into the podcast with us tonight to to face the music. The game ended up, we're going to have to take one Middlesbrough 4. Johnny, what went wrong? I'm just as shocked as you both, to be honest. I didn't expect that. I don't think anyone did, to be honest. I think what went wrong for, for Wigan maybe was just mistakes, I think. Mistakes and just more grim and confidence. And it's it's a funny game because confidence is everything in football. It's probably the most important thing. That one error that you guys made in that first half leading to Borough's first goal, it just kind of gave us just a lease of life and a confidence with, and something that we haven't had all season where an opponent's made a mistake and we've capitalised on it. And I feel like that in itself kind of got us into the position where we were able to win the game, to be honest. And like I said, individual errors on Wigan's point of view. We just punished us, unfortunately. First thing I'd like us to talk about, some changes from Saturday. Personally, I'd have preferred us to go with the three, like we did against Blackburn. But, you know, he's trusted the manager, don't you? Was you surprised at that? Yeah, I was. In particular, with the, I thought, the excellent performance of Kerr. I thought he was superb against Blackburn. I think what more is, you know, he's, he's a class above when he plays central defender in a three. And I think Curtis Tilt is less exposed because... So I do like the three, I think, at the moment because I don't think we have the right to... I don't think Tilt's good enough to play in the two. And it must have given Middlesbrough confidence early on even before they scored, because there was a comedy of errors on both sides of our defence, and it was more luck than anything else that, that Borough were not 3-0 ahead before, obviously, we'll come on to our goal and the... And, and the obvious mistakes for the for the others but I thought Middlesbrough probably grew in confidence because Tilt and Bennett in particular on that left side in the first 20-25 minutes didn't look like they could play football that first 10 minutes we, we, we didn't get out of that that little square between the corner flag and, and, and say five yards up we were just stuck in it and it, it was it was a bit ridiculous to be honest like a but, seven year old or six year old who wasn't quite sure which way they were kicking it was really bizarre <laughs> but, but then we, we came into the game a little bit. Once we got to the grips, at that stage, I thought Jack Watmore was playing really well. And Ten Diadorico had that uh, rasping shot from, from about 25 yards, which the keeper tipped onto the bar and it went out for a corner. Great effort. From that corner, James McLean swung it in and, and Keno does what Keno does. He, he added it in at the near post. From a Borough point of view, Johnny, do you think it was poor marking? Do you th- or or do you, is it just a well-worked goal by the opposition? Probably a mixture of both. A uh, mixture of both. Like, set pieces are our weaknesses at the moment, and a lot of teams are just able to, to break us down quite a lot. And we spoke on our on our, on, on my podcast um, last week around Borough's defence. They all try to go towards the front post um, when a ball comes in, regardless. I don't know whether they've been working on this or have you been rather than keeping the shape. But I think it was just poor marking from us. I think he lost his mind quite well and he got that inch of space and was able to head in and look it was I think at the time probably a well-deserved goal from Wigan to be honest I thought Borough for all the possession and maybe the half chances we had I thought Wigan were fairly comfortable with without the ball we're able to maintain the shape really well and you just punished us when when you needed to so yeah probably a mixture of both though to answer your question. 
Keane scored on 34 minutes and it got to 40 minutes and we're heading into half-time. I'm thinking we were taking this 1-0 into half-time because we looked quite comfortable up to that point, didn't we? Up to the 44th minute. Yeah, apart from that first sort of 10, 15 minutes that, that we just mentioned before. Yeah, we grew into the game. I think our better players like McLean and Asgard got on the ball in attacking positions. And, and I also thought Cousins, to an extent, was controlling it in there. But again, you know, <laughs> it's that sucker punch just before half-time. We go in 1-0 half-time. You know, the middles become out deflated in the second half and it's a different game whereas they came out with the tails up I don't know where our tails had gone I think someone had cut them off at half time yeah, yeah jo- uh, Johnny last last week you said to me what's uh, your what more does is, is just sprint around everywhere and then I was just thinking in my head about our Watmore, thinking, oh, he's been class again today. He's been, he's tidied everything up. He's been brilliant. He's been usual self, calm and collected on the ball. And then you're not that ball down the line from from a defensive position. And our Watmore, like, I don't know what he was trying to do there. He's just he's sliding in, sticking his leg out, swinging a leg at it. I have no idea. And 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 then obviously your Watmore was away, and I thought it was a great finish. That little wing back, Zaya Jones, yeah, Jones, he, he cut yeah. in and uh, a superb finish. You must have thought all your Christmases have come up once then. I think so, yeah. And like I said at the start, we just we just haven't had these moments in games where there's an individual error. We've con- we've you know we've capitalised on it and scored. And when you were saying there, you're going to be happy you're going at one nil. When it goes to one one, that the team talk completely changes, doesn't it? Like the whole atmosphere changes. And for Borough, I think it's just like I was saying, like that confidence that we needed just to to get into the game and to show that we could probably get something out of it was massive. And you know, our second half, it, it kind of speaks for itself with the way Borough played. And I think I was really happy with that second half performance. But that that first goal. For us, that equaliser is is a real tipping point in the game. Adam, what you said there about the second half, like we, we it looked like somebody cut our tails off. I think that mistake played heavily on Jack Mo- Jack Watmore's head because I've not seen him a shaky uh, since he's joined us. It was uh, that second half. He was a totally different player. Yeah, he's, he's just had a. He's, let's just hope he's had that one game and, and one error hasn't turned Bobby Moore into Bob Todd. I mean, he's been our best player since he, since we signed him. And at times, he has been... I think he was covering a lot for the poor performances of the rest of the defence in the first in the first half. Yeah, I, I don't know. Just I just hope that, you know, a lot this, these days, you know, got sports psychologists. I'm not saying he needs to necessarily at this stage go there. Well, let's just... A quality player like him, he's made one mistake. Let's just say, come on, Jack, get on with it. Get get back to yourself the next game and show us how good you actually are because you are the Bobby Moore of this division. What Moore's goal in the second half on fifty one minutes that came again through a little bit bit of an error with Dariqua backheading it into his path for him. Then there was that little ricochet off Jack Watmore straight into his path, and I mean it was a little bit of fortune, but. Again, it must have affected Jack Watmore's confidence. But a great finish, uh, I must say. It was a really good, tiny finish, that. It really was. And I think so you said about Watmore there, like your Watmore, not our Watmore. I would say, I think we definitely targeted him in that second half. I could definitely see the likes of Akpom and, and what and our Watmore doubling up on him, trying to create, uh, pull him away from his, his wing back, trying to create that extra space, give extra space to Giles. But yeah, it was a tidy finish. Um, it was deserved, and I think from that you could kind of, you could kind of see in Borough's perspective the wheels were starting to turn. This was the Borough that we've seen 
over the last like season or two where when when, when confidence is right we're a really good football inside it, it kind of felt as the game progressed we just seemed to get the ball around it was like 15 to 20 passes towards the end it felt pretty comfortable and that was the difference in the end and but the, the it really does come from just confidence and that we call back to that psychology of the game like that mistake from young yeah. Watmore it's just it's it's just criminal not criminal but it's just like it's so unfortunate for him but you're punished in this division and it's, it's unfortunately for him Borough kicked on from that the goalkeeper should have done better with was it the third goal the, the, the shot from outside the box it seemed to go under him for me I, I don't know if he yeah. but again I'm not you know he's been a good keeper for us over the last two seasons but for me I, I, I think he should have done better with that it wasn't right in the corner that goal Acne who scored it was one of your young young lads it wasn't a Saliwanga, it wasn't a Thunderbolt, but one thing he was given on the edge of the box, he was given time, bags of space, bags of room, bags of time, and he, he just swung his foot at it. And like Adam says, I think Amos, he'll be very disappointed with that. He's seen it late, but he'll be still disappointed that he didn't keep that out. And then you had a, you had a goal disallowed as well, didn't you? I was just about to say that um, Amos was was really unlucky. Actually, he does he does see it late when you, when you watch it again. He does see it late, but it's nicely whipped into that bottom corner, and yeah, he could do better. But I wasn't I was absolutely buzzing at that point, so I'm going to say he meant it, and I don't care. It was a great finish, but yeah, goal disallowed as well. And was it offside? Really, I, from, from obviously from the view from when I was watching it on TV, like it didn't look offside. So I don't know whether it was in the build up or what have you. But yeah, I thought it should have maybe it should have stood. So Who knows? But we've already lost five one once at home this season, so. We'll at least give us that, take that goal away from us. And it yeah. seem Just final quick question. What are your expectations, you think, for the season, Johnny? And I know it's one result, but do you feel that because the table's so tight, you could get maybe into the top six? Well, look, like we know like how crazy the championship is. You know, like we've seen like teams from like Nottingham Forest last year who were pretty much dead and buried after 10, 15 games and then went on to, to get promotion and... You know the the feel factor for Borough at the moment to have Carrot come in is is going to be vital. I think I think it's feeling and Mullenstein that are going to come in with him, which is going to be a big bonus and a big boost. Some really good experience to come around, but that is obviously rumored. We don't know the full confirmation of that. But I think for Borough, it's like this result it felt last night. It was like hopefully this could be the start of our season now to really kick us on because we've proved time and time again, especially last season, that we're a good side. We we, we can be a really good side. It's just I feel like we're a bit fragile in terms of like that the confidence side of things. Whether it was the former manager that did that or, or now but it seems like we could be back on the right tracks and you never know like if if we do start winning a couple of games we've got some really favourable uh, games coming you can build momentum and then when momentum hits in this league confidence is high you've got a good good, uh, good culture in the team and good staff around you you become unstoppable don't you so I would like to. I would like to say maybe the coupon the coupons are back on for some fans, but I would take top ten at the moment. I'd tell you just be a little bit worried because all beaters a couple of weeks back and and they were saying they've turned the corner and I don't think I they've hope, won since. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say I hope so. Like I really do hope so. But I'm like looking at whole sides and I'm thinking they, they remind me of Gordon Strachan Borough era where we brought in a lot of Scottish players from like the, from the SPL and we were like we had we had a massive wage bill. Everyone was expecting us to be top the league and we were bottom at Christmas. It kind of reminds me of the same thing. Hall had a lot of optimism. It could be going to similar posi- similar position. Your third goal was uh, a penalty. It was a penalty. Substitute just come on. He lost the ball. He's trying to win it back in the area. Referee Lee Dorsey. Now we lost four one. I think that was the best referee we've had all season. I really <laughs> do, I, I, and I mean that. And one of the best decisions he made was just to add three minutes on at the end of the game as well. There've been four, three goals, a penalty, loads of substitutions, injuries. <laughs> 
And uh, he, he just wanted to blow his whistle and put us out of our misery. So yeah. I've got to give a shout out to Lee Darcy. So thank you very much, Lee. I think uh, you're the best referee I've seen this season without any doubt. And, yeah, Pom, and your 20 quid's going to be in the post. Akpom <laughs> put that penalty away. So you said he missed from a yard out last week. He, he banged one in from 12 yards. The stats from the game, quite interesting. We had 59% of the possession. But I think it was just going backwards and forwards across the back line. So we had 10 shots with five on target. So we've hit the target 50% of the time. That's a, an improvement from last week at Sunderland. Burr had 16 attempts with seven on targets. Connors, four apiece. We committed seven fouls. Burr 11. There was one yellow card for the Latics, Curtis Tilt, and Burr picked up two. Uh, the attendance was 10,226 with 1,322 away fans. One of the matches voted for by the Progressive Unity listeners on both Facebook and Twitter, making his first appearance of the season, Jordan Cousins. So anyway, Johnny, I'm pleased to say we don't need to face you again for a, a little while. Is it Boxing yeah, Day? It's Boxing Day, yeah. A nice yeah. little Christmas delight for you. That could be a nice little treat, can't it? You get a palm on the way there, you know, get three points on the way back. It'd be nice for you, won't it? So, <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us, Johnny. It's been a pleasure. And uh, I look forward to meeting up with you sometime over the festive period to do a preview of the, our visit to the Riverside. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Thank you so much for having me on as well. And all the best. And I'll, I'll speak to you soon. Cheers, Johnny. Cheers. This Saturday, we're down to Loftus Road, QPR, a ground we never seem to win at. I've got Alex with me to talk all about QPR and uh, the season so far. So how are you doing, Alex? Oh, good, Barry. Thanks for having me on. You must be absolutely buzzing. Top of the league. Are you surprised? I think it's probably an over... Yeah, overachievement would probably be the first word that comes to mind. I mean, it's a tight league anyway this year. There's a lot of average teams at the top end still sort of hanging in there. Reading springs to mind straight away. We were probably hoping for playoffs and maybe that would have been pushing it because you never quite know new manager at the start of the season how it's going to go. But to be top is fantastic. They're playing really good football. It's really enjoyable. And I feel like... I, I never want to miss a minute of it. And if I do, it's it's heartbreaking because <laughs> you you don't normally, you know, QPR, we don't get times like these sort of every season. It's a lot of 16th place finishes in the championship with maybe a few good players, and but a lot of sort of old cloggers that just sort of get along with it. And then, you know, this suddenly we've got all this talent that have come into the side quite shrewdly from different places and we're it's enjoyable. You've had a cracking run of results through October, culminating in last night's 3-0 win over Cardiff. You you beat them, you you beat Reading 2-1, you, you were up there as well. You won away at Sheffield United 1-0, and you beat Bristol City away. I mean, it's never easy to go to Ashton Gate, so that's that's a mm. good result. Yeah, the Reading game would have been the peak of that. I mean, they're, they're not very good. They were just sort of lump it up to Andy Carroll game long and didn't create much and they were trying to time waste very early in the game and it was a very frustrating game to watch for majority of it but when we started cooking and when we got going it was brilliant I mean the place was absolutely bouncing it really felt at that point that we've got we've got something good here because we were missing a few players there's always there's been a few injuries kind of running through the season so you could argue that the manager still wasn't at his best 11 out that game against Reading the place was uh, absolutely bouncing and it really sort of overshadows going up to Sheffield United and winning 1-0 because at that point they hadn't lost or something at home they themselves were on a really good run to go there beating 1-0 yeah brilliant I think we probably employed a few of the dark arts on that game those three games were absolutely fantastic and kind of why you support your club when it 
results like that turn up. Yeah, I think they call it game management these days, don't they? That team, <laughs> time wasting and what have you. Get to that elephant in the room, as you said to me previously, Mick Beale. I mean, first of mm. all, I wasn't too aware of him. I, I knew he'd been at Rangers with Steve yeah. Gerrard and, and then he went to Villa. Uh, you had Warburton, who'd been there with you mm-hmm. for quite a, a while now. Was you sad to see Warburton go? What was you anticipating when Beale came in? I really wasn't happy with Warburton leaving. I think last season it did end really disappointingly for us. We were sort of, at the turn of the year, probably not favourites for playoff spots, but we were certainly going to be in contention. And then come March, we were out of it entirely. He definitely has some shortfalls, Mark Warburton, but most of the time we played some we played really good football. He's brought on a lot of good players and anything that's successful from this period onwards, it was grounded in that season and the seasons that under Warburton and the sort of smarter recruitment I guess he still signed his players Lee Wallace and players like that but he he was good for us but it, it obviously it did reach a point where he couldn't take us much further with Beal like you I wasn't really sure what to expect but what we did see was a glowing review from nearly every player that he's worked with they said that he's an amazing coach there's Aston Villa players going on interviews saying he's this, he's that, he's amazing. And you, you kind of, you get a bit excited because as I've said previously, it's QPR. We don't really get, we don't make smart decisions. We certainly don't get like really good managers. We don't get interest in our managers from other clubs. We sack managers. We don't, It's I don't know the last time a QPR manager was actually taken away from us by a bigger team. It doesn't happen, but it became very evident quite quickly that this guy is destined for big things. He's different to Warburton in the sense that he's willing and able to change the game plan midway through the match, which was always a big bugbear of mine with Warburton because he was very plan A is what we're going to do and plan B is do plan A better. But so far this season, we've had rotation of the squad. We've had changes of formation mid-game. I'm not a massive tactical person. I don't profess to knowing absolutely everything. But you can sort of get frustrated sitting in the stands just seeing us try the same thing over and over again. Bill isn't willing to do that. He wants to do something different. And we've just been playing brilliant football. At this point, when we are top of the league, admittedly, it's only been top of the league for one game. But we are up there for for a reason because of the, the hard work of the players and him and the coaches. And to see him kind of actually consider leaving at this point really is quite disappointing. I saw the interview last night when it was on the EFL highlights on, on ITV. For me, as an outsider looking in, I'd say he's, he's, he's on his way. That's what yeah. it seemed like. It must be gut-wrenching. I mean, he talks about players having ambitions to, to go in the Premier League and managers too, and he said he's no different. So would you be disappointed if it did go? Not from uh, the point of view that he's going on to better himself, but from a, a loyalty issue? Because you've obviously you've put, you've put him on a pedestal here for him to get noticed. I mean, do you think he should at least get the season done first? Loyalty is such a weird word nowadays in football because most of the time people say it doesn't exist. And you're probably right. There's no sort of obligation for clubs to show dedication to particular players. You can get cut loose at any time. The way I try and think about it is that at the end of the day, every player, coach, manager, this is just their job. It's a strange job because it's got so much passion and you've got all these thousands of people watching you play out your job on a Saturday. It is just a job for them. So they've got to take opportunities when they come. However, to do it this early, he's not even played, he's not even made 20 games yet as a manager, regardless of his talent. You think we've given you a chance. 
I'm not saying you're obliged to save us because you're absolutely not. It is just heartbreaking because it is a kind of reminder that most clubs are just sort of fighting against the tide, really. You can make all the smart decisions that you want, but eventually someone will come along to take away your talent. This thing that this club that means so much to so many people, not that we're going to disappear from Beals getting sacked, but or not sacked, but leaving. But all of a sudden, your season's derailed, the good feeling's gone a little bit. I don't quite know what's going to happen. It's probably worth noting at this point that he hasn't actually taken the job. But this morning, news has broke that he's going to be in discussions later on this afternoon. It's a bit demoralising, really. This is probably the best QPR side we've put together in the last, well, since we won the championship with Neil Warnock. Surely a promotion and winning something is better on McBeal's CV than keeping Wolves in the Premier League. I've been looking at your top scorers, Willock and Dykes. Uh, I know Dykes through playing for Scotland. Who else is there that we should be looking out for? I've seen you play. You seem to be very quick on the break and, and you've got mm-hmm. wing-backs are getting forward very quick as well. So who's going to do the damage on Saturday? Well, it won't be Willock. He's injured, so you can rest easy there. He's not going to be back until, I believe, I think we've got Birmingham next week. So that's the earliest he'll be back. Ilias Chair is his partner in crime, the other number 10 in the side. And he is probably the biggest threat. He lays on the amount. I think he creates about two, over two chances or something like that per game or key chances or whatever it is. He's certainly up there with the better players in the division. Scored a few goals himself and has got quite a few assists. So there's your sort of creative focus for the side. Dykes obviously is a kind of only striker apart from a very young Sinclair Armstrong who did start last night. He's very raw but very quick and powerful. Not sure what's going to happen with him, but I wouldn't hang the hat on him scoring quite a lot of goals. But it was nice to see him start last night. They mentioned the fullbacks. They've been a revelation. Ethan Laird is a fantastic right back on loan from Man United and is playing well beneath himself, to be honest. He's a Premier League player already. He shouldn't be playing for QPR. How we've got him is baffling. He's got pace, energy, ambition. He's a lovely guy. We interviewed him on our podcast a few weeks ago. He's got a really good personality and he's been a revelation for us going forward and defensively, to be honest. And then Kenneth Powell, one of the players that Bill has worked with previously. He's come in from team in the Eredivisie. He's done a very similar job, scored last night. He's up and down the pitch, probably slightly more of a defensive fullback than Ethan Laird in comparison, but still got kind of ticks the same boxes, quick, athletic. And even though he's quite small, he is very good in the air. So I think it was... Millwall, he targeted him quite a bit, but he he handled it easily. And we were all quite surprised, to be honest, at the time that he did so easily. So the the fullbacks are the main sort of change in fortunes from our previous ones. Prediction. Saturday, give us a score prediction. They went out last night and put in a very good performance and got the job done. I I hope that we win the game. I I think we probably, no disrespect, but I think we probably should. So I'd probably go over 2-1. We don't normally keep too many clean sheets two goals seems to be sort of average for what we score most games I would say when we do win so 2-1 will probably be where where I'd go with it Thank you very much Alex before you do leave can you let our listeners know where they can grab a a listen to your podcast please Yes so we're on most if not all I guess podcast platforms Apple Podcasts Spotify that sort of thing and it's our generation on air and uh, when will your preview of Saturday be out? Uh, well, we're recording later on today. So today's Thursday. So we'll try and get that out this evening. Fantastic. Thank you very much. And it's been a pleasure speaking to you, Alex. And good luck for the rest of the season after Saturday, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, similar to you. Good luck <laughs> after Saturday. Thanks for having uh, me on. 
Very interesting discussion that, Barry, again. Although the news seems to have changed, doesn't it, in the last, even in the last, it's breaking news, it's bigger than Liz Truss. It looks like Beale is staying at QPR, which to me I think is an excellent decision. You know, build his career there. Sounds like he's building a really good side there. And he's a well-sought-after manager. Yeah, it's interesting how he's built this team. Sounds like it's a good style of play. None of us would have thought they would be top of the table at this stage of the season. So you've got to give them that respect. And it shows that, you know, sometimes you can give a young younger guy a chance and, and, and he'll do the job. His prediction is predictable given where we are in the table so you can't really knock the fact that he expects them to win and my favourite visit up there by a mile was the 1-0 win off uh, Nathan Ellington's shoulder yes that was an excellent win that for me that that game when we won there because they were in the playoff spots I think that said to me, we're going to win this league. <laughs> it was at that stage, weren't it? 2003. So we had a red kit on as well from memory. Yeah. The referee for Saturday is Dean Whitestone from North Ants. He's a long-tooth EFL ref, been refing since 2006. His first game in the championship came at Loftus Road, ironically enough, back in December 2007. And I found this quite, quite astonishing. QPR 2, Colchester 1. I didn't realise Colchester had actually been in the championship, so that was a bit of a bit of a surprise for me. He last ref the Latics in our two-two draw away at Millwall in the championship back in November 2019. Whitestone was in charge of three QPR games last season. All of them came at Loftus Road, and the last one being a two-two draw with Johnny's team Borough back in February. So far this season, Dean Whitestone has taken charge of nine games, five of which have come in the Championship. He has issued 27 yellows, one red card and awarded four penalties. Certainly looks like he's had a lot of experience in the Championship from you know his, his previous games and he's obviously a very experienced referee. Let's move on to the uh, previous meetings now with QPR. We've played QPR 20 times previously. Unfortunately, another bogey team. We've had a few of those recently. Winning just four, losing nine times, and we've made seven draws. First meeting wasn't actually until the 22nd of September 2001. A 2-1 defeat in League One. We've only won one at Loftus Road. The previously mentioned March 2003 trip where Nathan Ellenson goal gave us uh, the uh, the three points. The other thing I remember about that day was it it took about nine hours to get there because we um, we happened to have that game on the same day as the anti-Iraq war protest. I suspect in the modern era they could have been cancelled. This also doesn't look very good for the Latics because the last five meetings at Loftus Roads we've lost all five of them. And I remember as well one of, one of those that we lost was when Gavin Massey was in the form of his life. He was absolutely exceptional and his hamstring went. And for me, he was never quite the same player again, although he, he did a good job for us. And doesn't look good, does it, on the stats, to no. be honest, Barry? No, it back to you for the predictions. Well, I just said before I do, I, the game I remember from Loftus Road, apart from, from the Ellington goal, was uh, Bobby Zamora getting sent off when he kung fu kicked Johnny Gomez in the head. That was the relegation battle, weren't it, that one? Uh, I remember Sean Maloney scoring in that game. I think it ended up one apiece, if if I'm not mistaken. 
I think we'll go back to a, a back three. I can see Jason Kerr coming in. I'm not so sure about the rest of the team. I, I will line up. I'd like to see Tom Naylor back, actually. But he does the scruffy football. He, he breaks down attacks and he's good on the edge of our own box. And I think we missed that. So I'd, I'd like to see him back. I'm going to go for a 1-1 with my heart, not my head. I've got a few questions, really. Um I'm sure the listeners, we're not in the know or anything. They're more sort of rhetorical, really, because we'll probably not know the answers. But where's Tom Pierce? Where's Edmunds Green? Where's Anthony Scully? What are they doing? Because you'd, you'd actually say that left-back has been our weakest position. We've had to play a very good attacking left-sided player there most of the season. Tilt is very inconsistent. And we brought in that left-hand sided defender who was Rotherham fans were raving about. You know, Scully, albeit at League One level, has looked, has looked pretty good to me uh, when I've seen him against us. I, I agree with all your other points. I do. We, we definitely need a back three. We, we need Naylor back in there. I possibly at the moment would say Naylor and Cousins, like we started last season, and play Maxi on the right because I think that I'm I'm struggling with Derek. I think he's a he's a one in three good game, and I don't trust him in that in a big game like that at QPR. I'm not saying Maxi's the best right back in the world, but with having Kerr on that side of the field protecting him, I think he might be a good option. And remember, we scored a lot of goals from those positions early on in the season last year, particularly Will Keane goals. So. I'd be tempted to do that. I'd, I'd be tempted because I think Naylor and Cousin could be a good two, two in there. As for the attacking wide players, I've no idea. Let's just draw them out of a hat because they keep changing every week. Mm. Doesn't look good for Lange, does it? After last mm. night, we didn't mention that. but Same injury again, Liam said. And the other one, what you've not mentioned, is Ryan Niambe. I mean, there's been no word on... Yeah, Niambe, yeah. Is he injured? Has there been a fall? You know, there's not said Niambe's out injured. The odd one, I was watching a press conference the other day with a Premier League manager and essentially he went through five or six players who wouldn't make the game because of injury but we've never really been a club that talks about our injuries didn't we know Guion Edwards is injured because that that was stated very early in the season and we knew that Cousins was injured but I've not heard anything about Pierce, Edmonds Green it's just bizarre I've always seen Scully for 20 minutes so I, I, don't, I don't understand it but it's not it, this is this is just a critique of Liam Richardson it's certainly nothing like the ridiculous comments uh, on Twitter and even at the game Richardson, for me, he's, he's up there with our best ever managers. He, you know, he's a legend. And and I'm sure he'll work it out. He need a bit of time. Maybe these players need a bit of time. For me, it's, it's, it's unfair to, for him to receive the criticism. Like you, he's in the top three for me of all, all-time managers. And I think people need to reflect a little bit on on what they're saying and, and get behind the team and yeah. the, the players a little bit more than what they do. Just before we go, Barry, are the other two managers in that list, Coyle and Joyce? On that note, Adam, right, we'll be back on Sunday with all the reactions to the QPR game. Yeah. Let's hope we're celebrating at least a point. So until Sunday, it's a, it's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. Up the six, come on. 